the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Ed Bondarenka is filling in as today's host of Moment of Clarity for Pastor Rick. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a Moment on Sports Part 1. The Detroit Lions defeated the Minnesota Vikings 30-24 to clinch the NFC North Division title on Christmas Eve. David Montgomery scored on a one-yard touchdown carry. Michael Badgley nailed a 37-yard field goal. Jameer Gibbs looked like a thoroughbred racehorse when he sprinted into the end zone on scampers of 14 and 3 yards. And Jared Goff fired a 1-yard, 6-point bullseye to Amon Ra St. Brown to round out the Lions scoring. Detroit fans were sweating bullets in the final two minutes of regulation when John Kaminsky missed recovering a fumble and Minnesota converted a third and 27, but Ifitu Melifonwu saved the day with an interception to seal the win. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Well, I notice a lack of curling news, and also you missed a big bit of Lions news. Season tickets price just shot through the roof. Oh my God! I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. And if, and, and if and and Ed, if you go on to the Lions website, you know the ticket Ticketmaster, almost every one of them is a, is what's called a, a verified resale. So what that means, the guy from the box office was explaining. I said, "Don't you guys have selling tickets to the box office anymore?" <laughs> and he said, wow. "Well, you know, we do have a few, but." But I know of a guy who sold three games from his, uh, not a friend of mine, but I overheard in, at work, and uh, he sold three games off his season tickets and paid for his season. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, some of these prices are ridiculous. And, and the guy, the way the guy explained it to me was, you know, they, they bought the, the, the purchaser turns around and he sells them, you know, or, eBay or whatever, whatever the, or uh, I don't know. It's called what it scalping, is. isn't it? Derek's probably more more into the uh, into these uh, resale sites than, than I am, but yeah, I mean, some, I mean, he's taking his head no. But the, the thing is, you look look at some of these things like uh, the fifty yard line, uh, row one, right behind the the benches or the lines bench and that type of thing. Four thousand dollars, not one, but per pair, uh, per, uh, per a piece. A piece, not not just a pair. Of piece. And and they're paying it. They're paying. That's disposable income. Gone up eighty five percent, and people are not happy, especially not the way it was rolled out. All right, well, folks, tune in to Derek's show tomorrow, Stone Cold Sports Truth, to hear more. As for today, this is moment of clarity. Yeah, that's and, uh, right. Pastor Rick can't be with us today. He got called away to do something else, and all is well with him. So you're stuck with me. And I conned Bruce Fleury in to take some of the blame. So that's Bruce you hear. You recognize his voice. He's been on before. And I heard a few things this week, and I want to tie some ideas together concerning what I heard. Uh, mm-hmm. Listener Jay Poplar brought this to my attention, uh, the, the book, The Open Conspiracy by H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. If you remember, H.G. Wells is the once popular author of The Time Machine, War of the Worlds, The Invisible Man. 
And another book, The Shape of Things to Come, and, and, and many other books, it seems. And H.G. Wells, like Jules Verne, was a guy who looked into the future. Yeah. Many of these stories have been turned into successful movies, or you never probably would have heard of them, frankly. And uh, The Time Machine has been made twice, as has War of the Worlds. And uh, the battle between the Eli and the Molochs in The Time Machine, that's become emblematic of the struggle between having everything given to you and then having those who give taking it all away, including mm. your life. And so the book, The Open Conspiracy, Blueprints for a World Revolution, was published in 1928 by H.B. Wells when he was 62 years old. He reworked it a couple times more in the next 10 years. And Wikipedia says of this book, in the original edition, Wells begins by discussing religion arguing that its essence is the subordination of self. Modern religion, according to Wells, is the application of this human characteristic to the realization of, quote, better order in human affairs, unquote. Well, what is contemplated is not a stable order, but rather a dynamic changing state of affairs in which scientific research and creative activity become the chief preoccupations of a humanity that has solved the problems of subsistence, population control, Note that word and mm -hmm. words, I should say, and the suppression of war. Well, Wells analyzes anticipated sources of resistance to his open conspiracy in three lengthy chapters and takes a hostile stance against the, quote, false loyalties, false standards of honor, false religious associations, unquote, that are, quote, vestiges of the ancient order with which there can be no compromise. Now, Wells said himself of this book, one, the complete assertion of the provision nature of existing governments uh, resolved to minimize the conflicts of these governments. Okay, so that would be a one world government. Mm -hmm. The determination to replace private, local or national ownership of at least credit, transport and staple production by a responsible world directorate. In other words, you could have your plot of land, but you can't have a business and the practical recognition of the necessity for world biological controls, for example, population and disease. Mm -hmm. And then fifth, the support of a minimum standard of, this is cracks me up, minimum standard of individual freedom and welfare in the world. And six, the supreme duty of subordinating the personal life to the creation of a world directorate capable of these tasks and the general advancement of human knowledge, capacity, and power. So five is a minimum standard of individual freedom and welfare. And I would guess what he really meant was a minimal standard, not a minimum, but a minimal, because the next is he wants this world directorate to run everything. Wells was considered a progressive. A progressive was a man of the future, trying to advance the race to a more modern approach. He wrote a book, the Shape of Things to Come, and it was made into a movie starring Raymond Massey in uh, 1936 uh, when everyone saw war brewing in Europe. And it showed a war similar to World War I, having reduced Europe and the world into feudal estates run by warlords and strongmen. But then the flying men, the airmen, showed up back in the 30s. Man, if it had a plane in it, it was, it was the future. Everybody had a plane. Buck Rogers flew a plane. And so... The flying men showed up, the scientists, the men of the future to lead mankind down another path, a world ruled by scientists, men of vision and science, which is the new religion. They didn't exactly say, trust the science, 
They said, obey the science. This was a time when Soviet Russia, Nazi Germany, and fascism in Italy were portrayed by many as the forms of government that were efficient, that overcame the superstitions of that old religion. Christianity and the Jewish religion were holding mankind back, and they became the enemy, the boogeyman. So after World War I and the horrific destruction that it wreaked on the world, many became convinced that we needed a supernational, not supernatural, supernational organization to prevent another war of that sort, the League of Nations. And that didn't work. In fact, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday and where they were interviewing a guy who was writing about uh, Japan during the war. And he made the argument that the League of Nations helped provoke the war because the Japanese approached the League of Nations when they were joining it to join it and said, but we also want the charter wording that says that all races are equal. And the other nations, the Western nations in particular, couldn't agree to that because they looked down on, you know, the yellow peril or the, the Asians as inferior races. And Japan got so upset about that. That was one of the motives for their resentment against the United States in America. You know, so um, that that's a that didn't work. Mm. And so. um I found it interesting when I was listening to this podcast, this gentleman quotes Douglas MacArthur on the battleship Missouri in Tokyo Harbor. And part of the speech, I looked this up, this is a quote, the problem basically is theological and involves a spiritual recrudescence and improvement of human character that will synchronize with our almost matchless advances in science, art, literature, and all material and cultural developments of the past 2,000 years. It must be of the spirit if we are to save the flesh. Even somebody like a warrior like Douglas MacArthur saw that we were in a spiritual battle. If we didn't improve our spiritual position, we'd continue in wars. And yet the progressives don't want that spiritual improvement they believe that man can be improved by himself, mm -hmm. pull himself up by the bootstraps. He's he's a um, oh, what's the word? Um, not fixable, but he can be improved upon without Perfect. any outside help. Perfection, yes, he can Perfect. be perfected. Well, yeah. yeah, that's why you're here, sir. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so, after World War II, another call was made for a United Nations, <clears throat> hopefully result in a one-world government. Now, at the same time, in China. Mao Zedong won a civil war against the nationalist forces of Chiang Kai-shek, and he forced the nationalists to retreat to the island of Formosa, which is now called Taiwan. And that's why, you know, communist China wants Taiwan back because it was once part of their nation. And uh, they see these guys as a bunch of rebels, and that's a rebel holdout. Now, there was a communist government running the main line of China. There is. And it is true of all communist countries. It was cruel and is cruel and ruthless in his pursuit of control, and that pursuit led to crushing religion, particularly the Christian religion that had adherence to a set of principles through an opposition to communism. And they had a king, the Christians had a king other than Mao, Mao, however you want to pronounce his name. Okay. So after a while, in fact, I don't think the Chinese pronounce it Mao, but I'm not Chinese, so I don't know. After a while, Mao realized that his hold on the country was not complete, without controlling the minds of the people he governed. And he had to ruthlessly drive out the old ways of thinking and clean the ranks of his own party of opportunists mm -hmm. and half-hearted adherents who were just along for the ride and the power. 
Oddly enough, he suspected the intellectual elite. As a thug, he viewed anyone smarter than himself as a threat. And that turned to be almost everyone. What he did was he decided he had to have this thing called the cultural revolution. Mm -hmm. They had had a political revolution, but now they needed to change the culture. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar? Are we getting there yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was listening to another interview by a woman named uh, G. Van Vliet, and she's written a book called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And she has been there, seen that, done that, and escaped Mao's political, or I should say cultural, revolution. And she, in her book, which she's not a guest today, by the way. I've got Bruce Fleury here. So she, in her book, oh, described, wow. <laughs> described what she saw and how she sees happening in, in this country. And um, I want to play a clip of her from the interview I was listening to. It was a... Uh, on uh, Eric Metaxas's podcast. Uh, yeah. The revolution, the cultural revolution in China was a youth revolution. And so it, it, the whole revolution was carried out by young people. As young as the elementary school kids or uh, uh, college uh, students. So what they do, what they did is to overthrow anyone in authority. So like uh, anyone that have a role of authority, because all those has to be replaced because those are corrupt, according to Mao, they need to be replaced by radical revolutionaries. So what? Um, who they went uh, target first? For students, that's your teachers, that's your principals. So they first, when they started to rebel, encouraged by Mao, they went after their teachers and they went after their principals. So the first killing that took place in the Cultural Revolution was done by a group of young girls in the middle school. As young as 12, as old as 16, they beat, the, uh, they, they put their principal in a struggle session, uh, humiliated her, beat her, tortured her, and killed her. And nothing, no consequence. I'm reminded of two things, Bruce. I'm reminded one of... Uh, of um... Lord of the Flies, but in this case, in Lord of the Flies, there were no adults. In this case, there were adults, and they were egging these kids on. Mm -hmm. It's also reminded, like I was telling you off yeah. air earlier, that movie that came out in the '60s, the horror movie, the the Children of the Damned. Mm -hmm. And um, later, there were the next sequel to that was the Village of the Damned. It was about this village where the people woke up one day, and all of a sudden, their kids were basically cold and evil as if they were possessed by some alien. And that was a speculation, alien control. I don't know why they just didn't go straight to demonic because it sure looked like that. But here's a trailer from Children of the Damned. Beware these children. Behind their fiery, hypnotic eyes lurk the demon forces of another world. <laughs> it's them. For us, for these are the children of the damned. Theirs is the power of evil, turning friend against friend, hating, killing, yet armed with no weapon you can see or touch. 
Unless we can learn to live with them, we may cease to live at all. Can any force on Earth stop their fury? Well, that's a bit over the top for what we're saying, yeah, but I, I guess so. I guess so. You know, since you know, since people are so oversensitized these days, maybe if they do a remake, they'll have to retitle it "Village of the Darn." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I, I've got uh, the blue highlight under the word "damned" here, and when I look, <laughs> what's it's not spelled correctly or used correctly, and it says, uh, uh, "The language may be offensive to your reader." Sorry, ah! folks. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know what's really offensive? Okay. While you were discussing Mao here with the audience here, I decided to look up C.S. Lewis and what he wrote on about tyranny. And this is from God in the Dock, Essays on Theology and Making Modern Theology. We know C.S. Lewis was, you know, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, right? A contemporary of, uh, of J.R.R. Sol- uh, Sol- uh, Tolkien, by the way. He wrote, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity at some point may be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, yet at the same time likelier to make a hell of earth. This very kindness stings with intolerable insult to be cured against one's will and cured of, of states which he may or not regard as a disease is to be put on a level of those who have not yet reached the age of reason or those who never will, to be classed with infants, imbeciles, and domestic animals. Wow, powerful stuff. He was, there was a reason he was a, a, you know, a well-regarded author, uh, yeah. you know, besides yeah. the witch the lion in the wardrobe uh, Unless I got those out of order, I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, the, yeah, exactly. Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, Chronicles I got that right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, he was a he was basically an atheist mm-hmm. at at Oxford, and he just did his studies and came to the conclusion there there is a God. You know, yeah. and I I find that people who are actually looking for the truth. And are willing to throw, if you set the truth as your North Star and you look for that and you're yeah. willing to discard anything else, then you will find God and he will find you. Yeah. Uh, I, is, uh, I think we have a call, uh, Ed. Is, yeah, uh, we do. Somebody took advantage of the phone line without my even announcing it, but I'll let it pass this time. <laughs> it's, you know, that phone line, that's 734-822-1600. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, good morning. Good afternoon, Gary. Uh, good morning. Well, it's, it's, it's probably still morning out where you are, my yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, it's good to talk to you, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, th- there Thank is you. absolutely no question that the United States is going through a Maoist revolution as we speak. All mm-hmm. the signs are there. E- everything they did back in the 30s and 40s in China are happening here. Um, the Red Guard, which were those girls that uh, killed their teacher, that's what we've got all over the United States and all our universities and our high schools and now our grammar schools. One of the things that the Maoist Revolution did was it destroyed the past. It destroyed, especially in Tibet, the Tibetan Plateau. You just destroy everything from the past so you can rewrite it and people won't know what the past was, so they are destined to repeat it. As for H.G. Wells, um, he was a humanist, and he's, he personally is responsible for a lot of the problems that we have in this country today. Um, sure, he wrote a lot of good books, 
but that wasn't his major thing. He was a scientist. He wrote a lot of stuff on science, and he is responsible for a lot of the problems. Uh, Janice Daniels did something on this a couple years ago about H.G. Wells. And um, lastly, you're talking about uh, the computer and science and H.G. Wells. As far as I'm concerned, science has betrayed us. Because with science, we have all the chemicals that we use in our pharmaceuticals that disrupt the natural process of our, uh, our existence, and the computer. The computer, which I call the, the demon, there's so much evil on it, and so much evil can be perpetrated by it and with it, that it is, is helping destroy our civilization as fast as, as it can. Everything evil is on that computer. Yeah. You know, the first disc, the very first disc, I just remembered this, the very first disc that I ordered off of Netflix was a DVD that was of a movie by a guy who was in Poland who made this film in Poland. And I think he did it under while they were still under Russian rule or, you know, Soviet rule, so to speak, and certainly communist rule. And in this movie, this guy examines the Ten Commandments and how they get broken in a modern way. And one of the and so they're like 10 vignettes and you get to figure out which commandment he's referring to by the story that's told. And one was where this guy buys this man. It looks like an old TRS-80 computer and it's the future. And he's going to use this computer to make every decision in his life. So basically, he's made the computer as God. And at mm -hmm. some point, his kid wants to go out and go ice skating and he goes online <laughs> online with the computer. You know, it's like DOS, you know, little white characters across the screen. Yeah. And he asks the computer, is it safe for my son to go out on the ice? And the computer says, yes, the weather is such and such. The ice is so thick. And he gives his son permission to go out on the ice. His son goes far out on the ice, breaks through, dies. Mm -hmm. his, his God, that computer, had obviously let him down tremendously. First commandment, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Oh, you guessed which one it was. I, I had a hard time with that one. Was <laughs> yeah, it really? <laughs> well, another thing that the, the computer and our society is allowing to happen is it's taken the uh, seven deadly sins, which I don't really support the Catholic Church, but the seven deadly sins make sense to me. Um, they're trying to turn those uh, from taboo into standard, everyday, normal life. All the yeah. things that will destroy you physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually, the left wants to make mainstream just to cause as much damage. And, you know, the, the whole thing about um, never let a crisis go to waste. Well, they're, yeah. they're making the biggest crisis they can possibly do by making it impossible for humanity to coexist with each other because everybody has problems that were generated illegitimately by the um, Democrats, fascist, Marxist scumbags that want to destroy what we cherish. Yeah. Boy, you were pretty redundant there, weren't you? I mean, you, you were like a walking thesaurus. Say that again. Go back and That's our audience. <laughs> that, that's our audience, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Democrat, leftist, progressive, communist scumbags. Yep. <laughs> oh, uh, fascocrat. Don't forget the fascocrat. For Joe. Yeah, fascocrat. Oh, we're yeah. waiting for Joe to chime in. Yeah. <laughs> so, All anything right, else? Because we got like 30 seconds left, Derek. 
I haven't been watching you. I'm sorry. One minute. Okay. Thanks a lot, Gary. We appreciate that. Have a great New Year. Happy right, New Year. Bye. So, folks, if you want to call in, join in with your own observations, the number, like Gary called, was is 734-822-1600. And we've got 30 seconds. That, is that till the end or till the music starts? I don't hear any music. <laughs> Forward down the field. Yeah, there's there's the music. Okay, folks, come on back after the break. We're going to have more of this. We're going to talk more about, uh, uh, yeah, 15 seconds. We're going to talk more about this. See you then. Bye. Bye. More with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on WAM. Ed Bondarenka is filling in as the host of today's Moment of Clarity. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. 25 years ago on New Year's Day, the Michigan Wolverines football team defeated the Arkansas Razorbacks 45-31 in the Citrus Bowl. Jay Feely nailed a 43-yard field goal. Anthony Thomas scored on touchdown carries of two and five yards, and Ian Gold returned a pick six 46 yards to account for Michigan's first 24 points. But the Wolverines trailed by seven points with roughly six minutes remaining in regulation. The Maze and Blue scored the final 21 points of the contest, which included Thomas's two-yard touchdown run, Tom Brady's 21-yard six-point strike to Diallo Johnson, and James Whitley's 26-yard interception return for a touchdown. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Hi, welcome back to the second half of Moment of Clarity. Joining me is the host of Abolitionist Roundtables, Roundtable, which can be heard 9 a.m. on this station, Saturdays, is Bruce Fleury. And thank, thank you, you Bruce, for helping carry the load here. As well, thanks, as I thanks. said earlier, yeah, thanks for Pastor, having. Yeah, no problem. It's, Pastor it's Rick nice is okay. Had, there's <laughs> <laughs> there's no problem with Pastor Rick. He just had something else came up and he couldn't be here today, and so he uh, said either a best of or you take it. And that was yesterday. And I said, well, I think I can whip something up real quick, and I'm sure it looks exactly like that. <laughs> <It's hard to laughs> so hard to work the. Yep, to share the blame here is Bruce Fleury. And, <laughs> you know, as I did have something that I might have said it on my show, but I told Bruce he was going to come on my show mm-hmm. just in a half an hour from now. We were going to talk about, you know, recap of the uh, the news of the year. And so mm-hmm. I somebody had mentioned him, my friend Jay, uh, Jay Poplar, had mentioned, the, you know, the H.G. Um, Wells book, The Open Conspiracy, and that's what it is, a conspiracy. And this is this is over a hundred years ago now. And yeah. it's you know, and and people have popularized it. You remember seeing his his the movie of his book with Raymond Massey. We were talking about that. You said you just saw it recently on Turner Classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's, things to uh, come. It, it's it's quite revealing. Uh, you know, you it's a lot of these things, a lot of these these uh movies and and and, and speeches and stuff that you 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 forget it's that year that the movie is being made or the speech is being made, like Ronald Reagan's uh, Time for Choosing. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, and if you just forget that it's 1936 or 19, uh, uh, let's see, 1964, uh, 
And it's almost like uh, history continues to 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 move and, and and come back on circle back on itself. And the things that uh, that are are that were that were uh, prevalent back then, the the issues, the the negative issues that were that we were having to confront, and that type of thing, uh, they've come around again because we just we don't pay attention to our history. This is why I wrote my book, The Negro Project, because. This whole thing is 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 forgotten, largely forgotten, uh, except among people who who are familiar with it. And the more you delve into the, the Margaret Sanger and her involvement in the eugenics and and you know how that spread over to Nazi Germany and that type of thing, and how we had over four hundred uh, courses on college, university, cam- and university campuses that treated that treated uh, eugenics, for example, as a legitimate science when we, when we know it proved to be a pseudoscience. And that's what we're seeing with these, these twin pseudosciences today, transgenderism and environmentalism. And these, I mean, as, as the, the, the possibilities that for, for, for the irreparable damage that's being caused to our environment by people who are trying to save it, you know, versus, and, and compared to, to our to our children that are being destroyed by transgenderism, by supposedly well-meaning people who want to who who want to just help these kids uh, live better lives and that type of thing, and this and this really lends itself leaves, leaves itself wide open to all kinds of charlatans, all kinds of uh, of, of, of uh, grifters and that type of thing who who want to. Uh, who want to uh, deceive the public either for financial gain or for in the pursuit of power. You can take your yes. choice. Yeah. And, and that, that there are times I wonder how many people fall into the, I want power camp and how many people fall into the, I really am uh, um, altruistic. And I really do think that the true believer that really thinks that they're going to fix things you know, when they're really breaking them worse. And and we know that, for instance, that movie, The Things to Come, yeah. at the end, you know, basically an elite, a scientific elite has taken yeah. over the world and they're launching, a, they're going to actually send somebody to the moon. They have that kind of power by getting all of humanity to them. And there was kind of a rebellion right. against <laughs> them, but mm-hmm. that was summarily put down and you were supposed to root for Basically, the bad guys who are the dictators. Yeah. These are the guys that want to rule. There's no dissent. There's no saying there's another way. This, you know, like, like we were saying earlier, you know, uh, uh, follow the science becomes obey the science. Obey and the science. science, science is not a doctrine. Science no. is they, the talk is the pursuit of science. I mean, there was a science once that said. I don't know that it was in truth, but, you know, the, the moon was made of cheese. Yeah. People who believe that, well, the, the earth is flat, you know. The science is continually changing. You know, the earth, everything revolves around the earth. That's the science. And yeah. you didn't go against that science. And then if you did, you know, you suffered you suffered all kinds of uh, harassment. You lost your university positions. You ended up in jail. And and. Or worse. <laughs> yeah, and we see that happening today. We still see it happen. We saw it happen. We see it happening this year, last year, with uh, the jabs that uh, that are oh, destroying sure. lives, and, and not just not just the COVID jabs. I mean, 
Uh, here's this uh, doctor I was listening to on Fox News last night about the um, blockers, the uh, hormone blockers in block. kids. Yeah. yeah. I feel a responsibility as a physician to be honest about puberty blockers and hormonal therapy in teenagers. This can lead to infertility. And I don't know if that's really well known. Give your body time to complete the process before you start changing things that could have long-term um, implications. Yeah. I wrote at somebody's blog yesterday, they were writing about the Canadian um, mm -hmm. suicide, assisted suicide law that's proposed to come out now that will allow mentally well basically depressed people or mentally defective people to uh, undergo assisted suicide in other words can be murdered by the government oh, yeah. volunteer to be murdered by the government is what it it boils down to right. and you know the, the thing is, is that first you convince somebody that there's such a thing as uh, changing your sex, you know, and, and then you could say you can hear the cash register ring, ka ching, you know, and then you put them on the the blockers and they've got to be on these blockers the rest of their life, ka ching, and then you've got to give them therapy to manage it, ka ching, and then the next thing you know, they're coming to the government because they're so depressed over their situation. Now they volunteer to be euthanized. And so that saves the government, you know, money. Ka-ching. And yeah. not every time a bell rings does an angel get its wings, you know? Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, uh, when you were when you ran the little soundbite of the uh, of, of the lady talking about puberty blockers, uh, uh, do, yeah, uh, do you get Imprimus uh, publication? Yes. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know which one you're going to talk about, too. Yeah, yeah. the September 2023. Well, mm -hmm. this is what. Uh, Christopher Rufo wrote about a doctor at a major children's hospital and what he had to say about what puberty blockers can do to a child's mind, body, and soul. The doctor says that this medication is called a gonadotropin-releasing hormone agonist. Oh, that's that? A, yeah, that's a mouthful, right? Say that again, please. I didn't get it the first. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Gonadotropin-releasing <laughs> hormone agonist. And it comes in the form of a monthly injections or an implant. And because it, stim it stim stimulates the activity of this hormone, it shuts down the activity of the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is the almost almond-sized structure in your brain, and it's one of the most primal structures we have. It controls all the other hormonal structures in your body, your sexual development, emotions, fight-or-flight te uh, ten uh, tendencies, uh, response, everything. And I always think that if someone would were to ask me, where is it that you would look for the divine spark in each individual, I would say that it would be somewhere beneath the inner chamber, which in the Greek, which is the Greek derivation of the term hypothalamus. To shut down that system is to shut down what makes us human. This is what they want. You know, I, I was thinking of two sets of famous last words. One of them is Hey, watch this. And the other one is, gee, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. As, a, as an engineer, there's so many times I've thought myself so bright that I'm going to, oh, 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 I'm going to make this change. And then, yeah. you know, I'll be talking to an operator and he'll say, 
um, yeah, but did you know this? I said, no, no, I didn't know that. Never mind. We won't do that, you know? Yeah, and right. Or worse, you actually implement the change because the operator wasn't there to tell you about it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you undo it after the damage is done. And then that's just that's just what we call debugging. But, right. I mean, and, I, don't and, I don't want to be debugging people's lives. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, and, and you look at the, the politicians that, that are in charge running this country or ruining it, uh, you know, it's amazing mm -hmm. what difference one little letter can make in a word, right? Uh, and they, they engage in what I guess we would call stage one thinking, okay? Yeah, we'll go ahead and do this, but they don't consider what comes next. It was like after... Uh, I think it was there was uh, something where where uh, uh, I guess this was after the takeover of the Rhineland in 1936, where where you know the 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 you know the Nazis poured into uh, into the Saar uh, Saar district of Germany and that type of thing to take it back from the French, and they did not expect the West to back down. They thought for sure that they were going to be sent packing back across the bridge, never to be heard from again. So one of Hitler's aides turns to him and goes, "Now what?" <laughs> what do we do the next? Dog, the dog that caught the car, right? Yeah, and didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's the same thing. They they pass these laws and then they exempt themselves from these laws. And we have to live with the with the consequences, whether it's beneficial or detrimental to us. And uh and and, and well what was was Prager says that uh leftism means never having to say you're sorry. I haven't heard them apologize even once for the the, 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 the terrible uh, economic and, and social consequences you know, we find ourselves in. I saw a clip, and I couldn't find any more about it, who it was or who said it, but it was this woman, obviously a politician, she was apologizing for the jab. She says, yeah. obviously we were wrong, and I, I don't know who to attribute it to, so I didn't bother to play it because I, yeah. I can't attribute it, but that's the only time... I've seen anybody make an apology about that. You know, one of the things that we were talking about that uh, Wells set forth, and it isn't just Wells, trust me, it's not just Wells. This is a whole body of thought of progressivism mm -hmm. that, that goes to Marx, uh, goes to Engels, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, just anybody on the left, okay? And so the whole plan is out there. It's an open conspiracy as as was said by H.G. Wells, and one of them was, you know, world control over population and over health, health issues. And the two are intertwined. Sure. And population control, you know, you remember Thomas Malthus. You were you were friends in high school, weren't you? <laughs> I no, maybe Biden was with him, but <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, Thomas Malthus, who we get the term Malthusianism, Malthusianism from or Malthusian doctrines, basically, felt, oh, we're, we just, the earth can't sustain us. There's that word sustainability. The earth cannot sustain us. So therefore, we have to limit our population. And as you're familiar with, having written the book, yeah. you get Planned Parenthood, you get Margaret Sanger, you get, you get what we see today. And, and so, you see stuff that's happening where the left wants to limit population. And you got to ask yourself, when they encourage people to change genders, is that so that they don't reproduce? In the words of, uh, you know, um, 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 Scrooge, limit yeah. the surplus population, the surplus which population. when he says that, he's quoting 
Thomas Malthus, by the way, he's, as the evil guy he is, he's reflecting Malthusian doctrine. So that tells you right off the bat how yeah. bad that is, because Scrooge was all for it. Later oh, has so. to face the consequences of deciding his tiny Tim, mm -hmm. you know, not fit to walk the earth. In fact, if you read A Christmas Carol, you find the 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 spirit of Christmas tells Scrooge, who's to say that you're not less worthy of walking the earth than this tiny lame boy? Yeah. And you know who's to tell you? The elites. That's who's to tell you, the elites. Of course. And uh you know, it it just it just it just really just leaves me speechless when I see these these people that, and especially you see this this uh well how the, the, the leftists would accuse us on, on, on the other side of the aisle, quote unquote, of of waging a war on women because we want to spare as many unborn children as possible from having their brains sucked out six six inches away from the birth canal, right? Uh, and then you look at what they're doing now with women. They're 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 in fact, Riley Gaines, I think she put it, she put it very succinctly. They are trying to erase the female gender. Yeah. And they're yet they're supposed to, to be and, 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 and succeeding. Yes. And then you see exactly. these, these trans activists and some of them are have, have, have transitioned and they cannot go back. They're too far along in the, having the puberty blockers. Uh, Lupra is one, which, uh, which is... Which is the same? They're giving kids Lupron, which is the same stuff you give to a, a a pedophile or a sex offender to chemically castrate them. Do it for the children. No, do it to the children. Exactly. Exactly right. And well, you know the the whole reduce the surface population. Yeah. Is is totally. If you look in the very first uh, chapter of the Bible. Mm -hmm. which is my spiritual source, you see that God says, go forth and repopulate the earth. And, yep. and on more than one occasion, he basically wants to see people reproduce, not, mm -hmm. not reproduce. Children are an inheritance of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, it talks about children being the arrows in your quiver. Mm -hmm. So children are not something to be disdained. And in, in my own, um, uh, mea culpa right here, I, I'm, very sorry that I had a vasectomy. Yeah. You know, I bought into it. Two kids is enough. And yeah. and that's, you know, that was a sin on my part. And, well, yeah. you know, well, I, I'll tell you what, you've uh, you've actually uh, eclipsed or exceeded the uh, the replacement level of the American population right now, which stands at 1.8 live births per female. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So well, it's like we, my, my wife and I have been married for 32 years, so we've exceeded the uh, the, ex, the normal expectancy, the normal the, the 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 national average, right? By by fivefold, I think it is, but uh, or more than that. But uh, you know, and, and, and this, and then you look into this uh, this uh, these people that uh, the the Bill Gateses and the uh, not Klaus Fuchs, the Klaus the Klaus Schwabs, and these these people that that want to uh, that that want to uh, or uh, populate the World Economic Forum in Davo, which we, may, we might be able to, to get into that at the year end and end, end of the program. But my God, uh, my God, Ed, I mean, you've got all these elites flying around here, burning up all this, all this aviation fuel, and they're flying off to to airports that have no access to the uh, to the uh, 
to the, uh, the the convention site or whatever, except by helicopter. Okay, there's yeah. no roads up there. That right? So, and and, and they're lecturing it's us. Like, it's almost like Spectre. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, meeting in some remote location, except yeah. 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 Pleasance uh, stroking his, his cat with the uh, with the, the diamond <laughs> necklace or the diamond collar on it. Yeah, it's like out of a James Bond film. Yes, you know? and they are trying to take over the world, but they're doing it in plain plain view, just like H.G. Wells said, the open conspiracy. Now, one thing I'd like to—it just occurred to me—I'd like to get this in because I always like to say something along these lines on my show concerning like the Black Robe Brigade or the Black Robe Regiment. Quite frankly, folks, if your pastor isn't talking about these things, mm -hmm. if he isn't pointing out the insanity and the mm -hmm. evil of the plans of this group of political actors, then what's he good for? Yeah, He's not looking out for the flock. Mm -hmm. And hey, maybe it's just a blind side. We all have our blind sides. So ask him, are you going to talk about this? Are you going to bring this up? Are you going to make my fellow parishioners aware of this? This is a spiritual battle. Pick a side. It's that easy. Boy, I heard, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm sorry, not coming to me right now. Um, Turning Point USA. Uh, yeah, Charlie Father. Kirk. Yeah, Charlie Kirk. I heard him on uh, Focus on the Family or James Dobson's show, one or the other, the other day. And he said it so succinctly. He said it, find another church. If your pastor won't stand up, do not support that church financially. Find one that will. Our church is in, is in search of a pastor right now. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. There are questions to be asked. Where are you in this battle? This is a spiritual battle. Douglas MacArthur saw it, and he was a warrior. Yeah. So, yeah. go well, ahead. Your turn to talk. Well, I have a. Uh, I we were in uh, down in uh, Amish country, Shipshawana. There's a little town called Middlebury with a really beautiful place called the Essen House, which is where we stay when we go down there. And uh, they have a bookstore, and uh, I came across something called Hitler's Cross. And it was it, it was uh, uh, it was an account of how the Catholic Church was co-opted by the Nazis because of the concordat with uh, with the Vatican. And uh, you had people like Niemöller and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Bonhoeffer. Uh, Bonhoeffer. They refused to knuckle under to the new to, to the new uh, the new state religion, which was which had the, the veneer of the Catholic Church attached to it. But these were all, these were all priests that, that bought into the, 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 the Nazi party line. They were all anti-Semitic. They, they were, uh, you know, just, just virulent, uh, virulent racists, a lot of them. And they, had the, uh, and they had the power of the pulpit. And they would thunder their, 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 their diatribes. They would their, they'd spew their, their, their poison to their congregations in that. And uh, you, you did have a few. Yeah. I'd like to say when you mention that, by the way, folks, yeah. if you're in social media and you're in comments and somebody starts talking about all those and you're you're with what you think are, you know, fellow conservatives yeah. and somebody starts talking about those Zionists, mm -hmm. um, the um, Rothschilds and the Rothschilds, Rockefellers yeah. and. You have something to say there. You're that's holding that, a book that's, up. That's the book, Hawk and Croy. Hitler's Cross. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When you start hearing about that and start people start using those terms, call those people out. Make them 
disavow anti-Semitism, see if they do it. I do. You won't make friends. You might influence people. Well, there's a lot of them now that are, that are being influenced by this. I don't know what you call him, but he's, he's, he's a lousy excuse for a pope. This guy, Francis, is not my pope, okay? Where, where is Clement when you need him? <laughs> you know, where, yeah. where, are, where are these people? They're nowhere to be found. I mean, it, it, and uh, 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 Francis was, comes from South America, which is steeped in uh, liberation theology. Well, we had the funeral of Benedict at the beginning of this Benedict, year, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that was death of an era, right? Well, right. let's see. Uh, we've come to the end of this show. We have about uh, 40 seconds left. And uh, we'd like to ask you to join. Bruce will be joining me on um, Your American Heritage in the next hour. We have a different set of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. so come on back and join us. And then come on back next week. Pastor Rick will be back and we'll have a much better show for you, we promise. Okay. So, happy New Year. Us. Yeah, Happy New Year, folks, if you're leaving us. And those who want to stick with us, stay tuned. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio.